Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 407. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. Let's read our passage. Now, in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, otherwise Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, another has that. This is Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians. It was written about five years after the founding of the church in Corinth. Paul's in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, and he has received a report from Chloe's household about the divisions in the church. He's got some guys with him from Corinth, and they've probably told him about what's going on, and he's received a letter from them asking questions. So this letter is a letter of correction. He's correcting a lot of misunderstandings, correcting a lot of problematic behaviors. And chapter 7 is really pretty much all dealing with the subject of marriage. We'll take our time going through it. We'll break it up into eight pieces. So eight episodes to deal with chapter 7 as we look at this subject of marriage, because Paul has a lot to say about it. And we'll, we'll go through it as carefully as we can. So chapter 7, verse 1. Now, in response to the matters you wrote about... So we see here that they wrote him a letter. Now it's conjecture, but it's a pretty good guess that uh, this is probably a response to Paul's previous letter. Because Paul says, I wrote you earlier. He mentioned in uh, chapter 5, verse 9, about a previous letter he wrote. And so this might be a response to Paul's previous letter. Now, a lot of people believe this is not just a bunch of innocent questions of new Christians seeking spiritual advice from their beloved mentor, but maybe that their letter was pretty much a point-by-point -point refutation of Paul's letter, where Paul told them a lot of things, and they basically are sending back either challenges or serious questions about what he said. Well, why can't we do that? Where he says, don't do this. Why can't we do that? Or things are taking to extreme. So one of the questions they've got seems to be about marriage, sexual morality in particular. Now, he's already dealt with sexual immorality in the previous section. But there he was dealing with the prostitution issue, where there's these temple prostitutes all over Corinth. And many of them were out of that life where temple prostitution was just a, a way of life. But here he's specifically speaking of marriage. Now, second part of verse 1. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Two lines of thought here. 
One, this is Paul's statement introducing this subject, saying, this is a good thing not to have sexual relations with a woman. Others think this is another quote from the Corinthians. And maybe this is a quote from their letter or a topic of their letter or one of their slogans. It doesn't change the, the context of the letter itself, but it does sort of put you in a different frame of mind as you read it. Is this Paul's statement or is he quoting their statement? I tend to go along with the quoting their statement. He's going to give a lot of qualifications to this. Now, the Greek text literally says it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, there's pretty much universal agreement that what that means is sexual relations. So it literally says not to touch a woman. What it means everywhere it's found in uh, ancient Greek writing, it means sexual relations. Interesting, the New International Version actually translated as not to marry. That's about the only translation that does that. So if you've got the NI, older NIV, it says, uh, do not marry. Well, most all other translations say not to have sexual relations. He goes on to explain this in verse 2. But because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. I just talked in chapter 6 about the problem of sexual immorality. And his, his comment here is, because of the temptations of sexual immorality, you should be married so that you can have healthy, God-honoring sex with your spouse. Verse 3, a husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. This is a, seems to be a strange comment, but if you go back and take the statement in verse 1 is it's a Corinthian statement. What probably is going on here is people have decided that celibacy within marriage is the higher spiritual calling. That it's not good to have sexual relations. And there's been notable Christians like Augustine uh, who've said you know, the idea of sex itself is a result of the fall of mankind as part of being in a sinful world. Well, that doesn't fit uh, Adam and Eve in the perfect garden of Eden. Together, the two will become one flesh. This is speaking of the sexual relationship. God designed us as sexual beings. Now, we certainly messed it up as a result of the fall. But the idea of sexual relationship between husband and wife is God's perfect plan in the Garden of Eden. So I can't buy this whole idea that uh, it's more spiritual to abstain from sexual relations, even inside a marriage. But it seems like that's maybe what's going on in Corinth. Otherwise, you know, why would he say this here in verse 3 and 4 and 5? So he says in verse 3, Husband fulfills marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. And he explains a little more in verse 4. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. A lot of people don't like this because it sounds like I'm giving up my personal autonomy. No, this is the marital relationship. And it's the idea that not that 
my spouse can demand something of me, but part of this relationship is that I willingly give myself to my spouse. Verse 5, he says, do not deprive one another. So it seems that that's what's going on, is that some group within Corinth, or maybe a whole bunch of them, have decided that it's more spiritual to abstain from sexual relations, even within marriage. He says, don't deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to vote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, otherwise Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Interesting, the word deprive here, it's the same word used back in chapter 6 about the people suing each other to describe the man who defrauded the other. So we say, stop defrauding one another by withholding sexual relationships with one another. He says, but you can for a mutually agreed period of time to focus on prayer. But only for then, because you're, you're opening yourself up to a temptation by trying to not enjoy sexual relations with one another. In verse 6, he says, I say this as a concession, not as a command. There's disagreements over what exactly this is. I believe he's referring to the idea of mutually abstaining from sex for a period of time for prayer. That is a concession. He says, oh, okay, if you want to do that, then you can abstain from sex within the bounds of marriage. When you're going to just do it for a period of time so you can devote yourselves to prayer. That's okay. Don't go beyond that, though, because you're opening yourself to temptation from Satan. That's a concession, not a command. Number seven, he says, I wish that all people were as I am. Now, what is he? We assume he's talking about the fact that he is single. He is celibate. And he says, I wish everybody was like me. But he just says as a personal thought. He doesn't say it as a command. And he amplifies it. But each person has his own gift from God. One person has this gift. Another has that gift. Celibacy is not a higher calling. Some people want to make it out that way, that uh, the super spiritual don't get married and it's a higher calling. Well, he specifically says it's a gift. Some people have it, some don't. And he'll talk about this more later on. You know, his desire is that people would not be married, they would remain single, so they can focus more on ministry. And for some people, that is the right answer. But it is a gift because. We are created to be sexual beings, and marriage is the relationship that God designed for men and women to live together in. And Paul's not down on marriage. Paul talks a lot about marriage in his letters, and that would be coming out of his Jewish heritage, because the dorm is for people to be married. Genesis says it is not good for the man to be alone. Paul even speaks of marriage as the image of the relationship between Christ and his church. So what do we take away here? Remembering the context of Corinthians. It's a letter of correction. They're doing a lot of things wrong. They've got a lot of confusion about things. And this apparently is an area of confusion. And it's specifically in answer to a question of theirs. He's already dealt with the issue of immorality sexual immorality. Now he's dealing with the issue of marriage. And 
trying to be celibate within marriage, it doesn't work, and it shouldn't work, and there's no call for that. In fact, Paul's specifically saying, don't go there. This is the beginning of uh, Paul's discussion on marriage, so we'll do uh, we'll deal with it a, a few more times. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.